man, I wish I had known that I could buy a fourplex with no money out of pocket, <laughs> you know, with no down payment. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me excited to have uh, Eric Upchurch. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Glad to add a little bit of value to your community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on. A little bit about Eric. Uh, he is a, an Army Special Operations veteran, so thank you very much for serving. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So your passion is educating mili the military community on how to create long-term wealth through real estate investing, which is really cool. Um, you've been, you yourself has inve have invested in over 2,400 multifamily storage, home parks, student housing, mm -hmm. uh, units as a, gen a general partner over the last decade and, and uh, a lot of involvement with sourcing and capital raising and asset management and, and uh, all, all that kind of stuff. So um, a lot more obviously to you, but I'll let you kind of tell the rest. Why don't you give our listeners a, a little bit more, uh, information and then we'll dive in. Yeah, sure. So, um, I grew up in central Iowa and, uh, came out to California, um, to go to culinary school actually, and did, I graduated, um, over 20 years ago now, but, uh, have a culinary degree, which not a lot of people know actually, um, and found that that was a, uh, a uh, skill set I wasn't actually very good at. I can follow a recipe, uh, which actually translates very well into my military career <laughs> later on. I could follow a recipe or a an SOP, a standard operating procedure, very well. But when it comes to the creativity part of being a chef, I recognize very quickly that being paid eight fifty an hour and trying to come up with uh, new and exciting tasting things was not my forte. So, went on to uh, college and went to UC Santa Barbara and uh, met my wife there uh, about 20 years ago and graduated, had no idea, just like everyone else, what I wanted to do. So I went down to the recruiting offices and started talking to all the branches like, hey, I mean, all my family was in the military or uh, my, like my dad and his twin brother were sheriffs in central Iowa for 25 years, uh, had an uncle in the DEA, another uncle in the FBI. Um, and so uh, and another Marine Corps uncle. And so it kind of grew up in that frame yeah. of mind, although it was never something I wanted to do. Actually, all of them told me, don't do this. <laughs> so didn't listen, I, I, I mean, I tried my best not to listen, <laughs> but then my wife, my current, my now wife, I should say, um, uh, we had a conversation just after college and we we're like, she's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, maybe go be a heavy equipment operator. So I did an apprenticeship for that and hmm. realized that wasn't for me either. And, um, and I started going to the recruiting offices and one, I was first, I was like, okay, how do I not get killed? Cause this is 2004, yeah. by the way, when, yeah. when they were like happy to take people, cause we were still going to Iraq all the time mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I'm like doing research and, and coast, I was like, coast guard, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. You know, that's serving and I'll feel good about it. And coast guard was like, dude, you don't have a, sh like, no, we're not taking people right now. Sorry. Uh, go to the Navy. And so I went to the Navy and they're like, nah, we're not taking people go to the Air Force. Air Force is like, eh, there's a program called Blue to Green. We're kicking people out of the Air Force to go to the Army right now. Go talk to the Army. Mm. I went and talked to the Army. And the Army was like, we'll take you. Sure. So uh, there's 212 jobs in the Army. I chose one in aviation. 
um, went to, I'll fast forward this part, went to basic training and advanced individual training to learn my job in the military and ended up at the top of my class because I was trying to make it home to my wedding. I literally did not care about being the top guy in the class. I just need to, I, anyone who's listening to this, who's in the military knows if you piss off the wrong drill instructor or drill sergeant, if you sprain an ankle, if you fail a test, uh, anything could happen where they recycle you back to a, a class uh, you know, behind you. If I would have done any of those things to recycle back, I would have missed my own wedding with 120 guests coming to Southern California, yeah. which there was no plan B. So my, my plan A was pass everything. So uh, because of that, I got selected to special operations aviation regiment where I spent uh, my entire uh, career in the military. So, and, and you got married. And I got married. Yeah, she yeah. married me. I made it. I made it home to my yeah, wedding home. with with three days to uh, to spare, <laughs> and so prepped. Did the you know the yeah. the reception dinner, whatever it's called, where you prep and um and uh, yeah, made it. And we're still married eighteen years later. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Good good story. I love that. So yeah. so out of the military or, or in the military, um, you know what what made you like go hey. I'm going to do something, you know, just not the traditional route. Right. Yeah. What, what well, made the, what, it, what made you start it, thinking that way? Yeah. I mean, so most military members, um, become accidental landlords. And what we recognized when we created our company active duty mm, passive income was there is a massive gap. There's a blue ocean out there, um, of, of, um, education that needs to occur with military service members. So I bought a house in 2006, hundred percent leveraged with a VA loan. Excellent time to buy a house, right? F fully leveraged. Uh, so, but I, so I, when I ETS, when I got out of the military in 2011, where, where was that? I was in Savannah, Georgia, okay. Hunter army airfield. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so brand new construction, you know, paid $149,000 for it. Yeah. didn't come out of pocket to close the I bought it from the builder who paid all the closing costs at my 0% down payment. So I literally came to the closing table and just signed docs. Actually my wife signed docs. I was in Iraq, mm -hmm. but we closed on the property. Um, and then, so when I got out of the military, I realized I couldn't sell it. It wasn't worth 149,000, let alone something I would want to sell it for a profit. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we rented it, moved back to California, had a VA loan on it and it was making about 80 bucks a month cash flow. Okay. And so when I moved back to the, yeah, when I'm not much, so yeah, with a thermostat goes out or something, yeah. you know, you're, you're out like six months of cash flow right there just yeah. from one, yeah. one repair. So, but when I moved back to the San Francisco Bay area, um, two things occurred. One, I realized that houses there, even the cheapest house I could afford in the area we needed to live, um, was about 500,000. And wow. I, though we had gotten completely out of debt, including college debt while I was in the military, uh, we did not have a hundred thousand dollars saved for a down payment on a $500,000 place. Mm -hmm. So I had the VA loan again. Um, I used a second VA loan. Sometimes you can have, there are circumstances where you can have multiple VA loans at one time. So I had a second VA loan that covered the entire, uh, down payment. No, it didn't cover the down payment, but I didn't need a down payment yeah. for that house also. So that's one thing. The second thing is I think had I known about real estate investing and how to do it from a military standpoint, I would have been making more cash flow. I would have bought it differently. And so fast forward to 2017, we started our company, active duty, passive income, 
And now we have 70,000 members who are absorbing this information. We have a couple hundred agents nationwide that we trade, that we train on how to institute the principles that we teach in our, our best-selling book. And now the information's out there. Now we have XOs and commanders telling their troops about, hey, why don't you buy right? And here's some education on how to do that. So it came out of necessity and us just going, man, I wish I had known that I could buy a fourplex with no money out of pocket, <laughs> you know, with no down payment, but no one's, te- no, not even realtors locally were, were teaching that. So uh, now they are. Okay. So t- t- let's talk about this active duty. Uh, so it's, is it an online course you've created? What, like, yeah. what, is it, give, give me like a little breakdown of it. So, so we started ADPI or active duty passive income in 2017. It was a small Facebook group of 20 of us, 20 people, sure. uh, just inviting our friends. Yep. Well, that caught on to what is now 70,000 members. And really? um, yes, with, with a, an engagement rate of 82%. Wow. So very active. Uh, we've got that down to a science. And so what we've then created was this community where we were just feeding. We we're like, here's what we learned. Check out this. I bought a turnkey or I bought a small apartment. I bought a duplex or I house hacked this thing. Our book's called military house hacking, which we give away for free on the, on that website, on our website. But um, it's it, so we we're just adding content like anyone should right to yeah. the giving back to the community. And then we were listening. We we're very intentional about, well, what are they saying they need? If we're going to become this hub, what do they need? So we created the military real estate investing Academy. It's, it's almost a hundred lessons that walks somebody from, from a military standpoint with military words. We all speak the same language. So it's very niche. And um, it walks somebody from, I don't know anything about real estate to, well, let's buy a cash flowing asset. And that's kind of the one to four unit asset. And now we have the military multifamily Academy. We have the military short-term rental Academy and we'll have other academies coming out. So primarily we're an education company online, but we have 24 meetups worldwide. We have a real estate brokerage now, which is ADPI Realty. That is educating realtors across the country. Um, We actually built the education for the National Association of Realtors um, two years ago because they have a military relocation professional designation that a realtor can get. It's called the MR, the MRP designation. Um, you don't have to be military to get it. And so what, when we took that course, we're like, to just to check it out, we're like, this doesn't jive. Like the language isn't right. The pictures aren't right. The way they're talking about stuff isn't right. And so we revamped the National Association of Realtors education for them, um, for that designation. Um, then we have... ADPI insurance, ADPI lending. We have a, our own mortgage company in-house now, um, which is licensed in 42 states. And so all of that was just because we were listening to 70,000 members over time saying, here's the next thing. It would be amazing if you had. If you could do this, man, that'd be awesome because we speak the same language and we want the same things. We have the same experiences. So very niche and um, and much needed because military members have amazing opportunities to use their unique skill sets and their unique benefits the with the VA loan specifically to move around from place to place, you know, throughout the country and throughout the world and still make money. I mean, we have members who are deployed in Japan, for instance, buying multifamily properties in Tennessee while they're, de- while they're deployed. While they're deployed. Yeah. And so, really cool. yeah, it's pretty neat. So I love, I love uh, businesses like yours where it came from a problem that you had. You're like, 
you got this problem. You wish you yep. would have known you, there, there's nothing out there like it. And you're like, man, you, you didn't really start it because you're like, Hey, I see the money in it. No, nope. you started because you're like, I got this problem. Um, I want to, I want to help solve this problem. And then, you know, it, it went from there and now you got over 70, 70,000. Is that what you said? 70,000, yes, about 70,000. And we have you're all about 3000 members, about 3000 members waiting to get in every single day, man. I mean, that we can't, we can't keep up with it. So you've, you've built this, uh, you know, just, just out of a, a necessity that you had, that you realized, look, other people have the same problems Those are those are the, the coolest businesses. I love interviewing people. Yeah. Uh, that have kind of that, you know, I got a problem and I got to solve it. And that's how businesses are made, right? That's how, yeah. that's how businesses are truly made is we're solving problems. That's it. And we um, didn't even set out to, we didn't even know we were going to solve a problem when we started. We yeah. we were just like, there's got to be more people. Like I can't be the only one I mean, yeah. or my partner and I going, we can't be the only one. All of a sudden, we were like, whoa, we are not the only ones who've had this issue. <laughs> you know, there's a whole world of people out there that would love this information. And so it started out with just sharing. You have to have a couple people in a business like this that just want to share their experience. Yeah. Just, just even, even if there's no feedback, it just, they have to have the want, the will to go, I'm going to tell people about what it was like when I bought my first apartment, or I'm going to tell them what it's like when I bought my first turnkey, what the results were just to document my, my experience, if anything else. And then if it works, it works and for us it certainly has. That's really cool. So, so active, active duty, passive investor, uh, passive income, yep. passive, sorry, passive income. Uh, so I'm assuming people can find that in Facebook yep. and, and all over the place. That's awesome. Um, how do you juggle both that and your GP? You're so so you own all these other properties. You know you've got the self storage, you've got the multifamily. Um, yep. You know you get the the various types of mobile home, all, all that kind of stuff. You got these various um, buildings that you're also active in. How, how are you managing both of those? Yeah, I mean I'm also a coach. I'm also currently I have a W two as well, which uh, shocks a lot of people um why, why i have a wife and kids W2? and um long story here but if <laughs> if you knew how right, let's answer much, the first question and then yeah, let's ask let's, you, let's say why do you have the w2 later yeah so how i how i um how i juggle it is um great teams the only way it's possible is because i'm intentional about surrounding and i have since uh Actually, my whole life since I was working in actually since I was working in the cornfields in Iowa, I was detasseling corn in the summers, and I became a team leader. And I had you know I was a manager in retail, and I was a manager in restaurants, and then I was a manager in the military and a squad leader, and and so constantly surrounding myself by great teammates yeah. allows me to do a lot of things that I that fulfill my passion and purpose. So I I give literally I give just all the credit to the people that I, that I'm intentionally surrounding myself by. Um, the second part is um, with the W2 is because if you knew how much uh, effort I had to put in to do what I'm doing, everyone listening to this would agree. I should keep that job. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it does, it's not a typical W2. It is very, it's not an office I'm at work right now. And um, it's, it's more flexible than you can imagine. So no need to, no need to get rid of it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, let's talk about the teams. So 
obviously that's a, that's an important part of anybody who wants to be a successful entrepreneur is being able to be a leader, being able to run teams. So let's dive in a little bit, you know, for through your military background, through your, just your, your, your background from when you were really young and working in the farm, what are some lessons you've learned on how to be an effective team leader? Yeah. Yeah. I had a uh, 27 special operations soldiers under my direct chain of command in, uh, as a squad leader, as a staff sergeant in the army, um, deployed to multiple theaters of operation. You know, we were deploying places. Everyone hears about Iraq and Afghanistan going on, but we're deployed in a lot of other places that people don't know about. And um, so managing teams and what I've really recognized is uh, having a great sense of uh, um, your ability to shift and understand individual personalities is a big Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Not it's not always easy to do and some people are better suited at it. And I think naturally over time, I have, have developed the ability to recognize what one soldier or employee needs and to help them grow that. Um, and also another point that I, I, I have been intentional about discovering is as a leader, I think it's important to say, um, you know, encourage people to have the will to win. They, you can't, teach that. That's something that you can, you can help foster it, but like they have to have that kind of innate, like I, I want to win on a team or whatever, but then you got to have the leader bring that out. And you can do that through saying stuff like just a a tangible example. Hey, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go mop the hall. I don't know where I came up with this idea, but I'm going to go mop the hall. It would really help us accomplish the mission. If you could go pick up that back room. And then we'll meet up when we're all done and it's going to be great. So, so leading with how I'm a servant on the team first, and then how you can contribute to the team and how collectively we can achieve the mission at hand, whether it's something like deploying and going and kicking somebody's ass, or if it's, you know, cleaning the hallway in, in the battalion area or something, you know? No, I love that because you're, you're, you're right. And I think a lot of, a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, the, the, whoever the leader is, whoever's the, the CEO, the leader, whatever it might be that they don't do much, right. That they're just bossing you around. But if you're leading by saying, I'm going to do this, you do this, then that's like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, we're in this together. So it's just kind of like, we're in this together type of thing. Yeah. Um, mentality. And then I think that's super beneficial. And then I, I love the idea too, that it's just, it's not a one size fits all, right. It's everybody's got different strengths, weaknesses, personalities, uh, things that are going to motivate them, all that kind of stuff. And so if you can work individually with people on your team, you're going to have a lot more success than thinking that everybody's the same. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody is different and everybody has different things that motivate them. And uh, you got to uncover that as a leader. And you also have to be kind of, as we were saying, you have to be a servant leader on the team. You've got to really let your team, whether it's a W2 environment or you're syndicating multifamily or whatever it is, letting people know that um, they're just as important part of the team, if not more important, and that you're there to serve their needs. And when that happens, people want to work for you. People want to build the team. They want to grow the mission and accomplish the mission. Um, yeah, it just, it just works out better that way. When you get somebody who's, you know, kind of a jerk and 
leading from the top down and looks down on people and stuff like that. It's not going to go very, very yeah. far. Yeah. It, it, that only works for so long if it works at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually morale. It, what, one morale. thing I learned in the military is morale is the single most important thing that wins yeah. battles, wins wars. You have to have team morale and um, a million ways to do that. But one bad apple will sour the whole bunch. Every single time you can see it, it's palpable. You've got one person who's negative all the time in the squad. You just, you got to recognize that a leader leader and get rid of them. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of kind of our philosophy is always be hiring mm-hmm. uh, because of that exact same thing. Like we're always in the feeling that there's that, there's a potential of that one bad apple. So if you're not always yep. hiring, if you're not always trying to improve the team, that that you're good. The team's gonna get dragged down by by that type of person. Yeah, I'm reading uh, Jim Collins' uh, Good to Great right now, mm-hmm. and um, that it absolutely uh, correlates. It's, it's you got to have the right people hired, and yeah. whatever your culture is, that's the person or people that you need to continue to hire. And actually, their skill set is secondary to having the right person on the team. You put them the right person in the right seat, and then you're moving forward in the right direction. Everything is great. But once they get off, once they're that you hire somebody that's not the right person, like they could be a McDonald's employee. And I just heard somebody talking last week. They they went into a coffee shop and um, they kept on seeing like everyone around this coffee shop that all the employees were like happy to be there and they were excited and they were cleaning and they were just like, how can I help? What can I do? Great environment for all of the customers to come in and see all the employees yeah, that are right. probably working for 19 bucks an hour or whatever it is, you know, and just like loving it. And so this guy who's also a multifamily guy, he goes, I went to the manager and said, when you're ready for a job, I would love to put you in a position in my organization. If you want to transition your career, I'll make it worth your while. I think you'd be a fantastic leader, those types of things. So he recognized that that guy created a culture that his, the people he was leading, I almost said his employees, but that wasn't even it. It was like the people he was just leading day to day were excited to be there. And he was like, that's the guy. That's I don't care guy. if he's a, just a barista. I need to hire that guy because he's going to take that mentality and that attitude back to my culture and my company. And then we can teach him real estate. There's nothing hard about buying real estate. It's like sending emails and making phone calls. That's not hard organization and company culture and, and retention and things like that are what are really important. So, and and that's the hard stuff, right? That's the hard stuff that most people don't understand, but when you find it, you can teach, like you said, I'm, I'm a firm believer, same thing. You can teach it. You mm-hmm. can teach the, the ABCs, but it's hard to teach that, that type of mindset that you're talking about. Very hard. And ABCs are not always be closing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are, but not, not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. Got to wait for the right deal. So we, we all, all of us business owners go through paradigm shifts uh, and, you know, we, have these limiting beliefs that were like, or, or these just realities, right. That we'd be like, Oh, this is the way things are. And then all of a sudden it just like, that gets flipped and we're like, Whoa, yeah. I didn't realize that was possible. What, what's a paradigm shift that you maybe you've gone through and that, uh, and, and kind of like take, take me through that adventure. Yeah. I, I, um, 
one thing that I think was impactful for me was learning that like you get, you gotta get, you gotta move past imposter syndrome. So, so recognize imposter syndrome because yeah. everyone has it. Everyone. My, my, even my, my mentors, my favorite people, my, yeah. whoever I look up to, we all have imposter syndrome. I wake yeah. up with it all the time and you can always say like, Oh, I've, I've climbed my achievement mountain and I'm here. There's always somebody better. There's always somebody worse. There's always somebody higher. There's always somebody lower. There's always people you can help. There's always people you can reach out to, but here you are and where you show up, you deserve to be. And, and mm -hmm. so recognition of imposter syndrome as a, as an innate natural feeling that you you don't really need anymore in, yeah. in biologically, we don't really need that anymore. And, and it's, it's harder than ever because of all of the, the consistent forceful, you know, like you're not good enough. We see everywhere. Um, but so recognize imposter syndrome and getting past it and just saying, I see you, I'm not going to participate in that. I am good enough. I'm going to move forward with my mission. So, so, uh, I, I tell people that all the time now because it's something that hangs people up yeah. and it's, it makes people fearful to go do something that is part of their growth mode. Like you, in order to, like, I see you, you've heard uh, the obstacle is the way, right? It's whether over around or through the obstacle is the way. And if you get stuck in imposter syndrome, you're going to hit that wall and just stop. You're not going to be able to grow and move on and, and do all the things that you were built to do. And we're all built to go do great things. You just have to set your sight on it and not let stupid things like the imposter syndrome get in the way. I love that. That's awesome. That's a, that, that's a, a, a flipping mentality, right? I mean, it's yeah. just, that's, that's so cool. So, yeah. I mean, who am I? A kid from Iowa, you know, yeah. like join the army farm boy from, yeah, Iowa. it's like, it's like, and that's why I kind of say, and, and with my military experience and five combat deployments and lost a lot of guys and stuff, real estate investing. I mean, it's, it's a, I love it, but it, it's, it's a medium that helped me, um, help other people. It helped me feel passion and purpose after the military. Hmm. Um, and, but there's nothing hard at all about real estate investing. It's a well-traveled path. Millions of people are doing it. Tens of thousands of people are doing it in, in the multifamily space. Like, if some, if Joe Schmo wearing a hoodie on stage talking somewhere can do it, uh, I can figure this out. I can figure out where I fit into that pie, insert myself and do really well and help teams and add value and do all that stuff. So if somebody's listening to this thinking, can I do that? The answer is yes. Yep. And you must, if, yep. you, if you're scared of it, you must do it. You yep. owe it to the people around you. You owe it to your family. You owe it to yourself to go and do hard things and, and, and real estate investing is not hard. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, real estate investing is not hard. I think the hard part is exactly what you're talking about. It's getting out of your own way. Yeah. It's, it's taking that risk. It's stopping, you know, facing the fear head on it's facing that obstacle. Like you said, the imposter syndrome and, and, pushing past it, right. Go, yeah. Getting beyond that obstacle. So that that's the difficult part. That's what so many people get stuck on stopped and, and roadblocked. And so I'll give you some examples of, uh, doing hard things and why that's important to me. Um, 
and, and hopefully, I mean, just to maybe inspire people to do, to, to think about doing what I consider actually hard things. Yeah. Um, we hiked 170 miles around Lake Tahoe last year and, oh, cool. um, raised $190,000 for veterans community project. Mm. Wow. That was hard. That was nine days in the woods carrying 40 pounds on our back, 20 miles a day, average 16 hours hiking with no running water, just lakes and streams, no bathrooms and no campgrounds, 28,000 feet of vertical climb and 28,000 of descent over nine days. So that was hard, physically very difficult. And in December, I ran a uh, 70.3 Ironman with no training. That was hard, but what gets me through those things. And I hope somebody finds some, this you can is a deep rooted. Why if not just a, why, like, what's your, why you say, people say, what's your, why? Well, they can go, Oh, my, my kids, I love my, my two boys are 10 yeah. and 13 and my wife. And that's my why. And I want them yeah. to have, okay. Why, why, why is that important to you? Go seven layers deep. Ask yourself why seven times until you're almost in tears. I serve with the memory and pride of those who've gone before me for they love to fight, fought to win and would rather die than quit. My brothers that I buried, that's what gets me through a 70.3 race when I've not trained for it. When I'm at mile 38 and my legs are cramping and I'm using my arms to push my feet down on my bike, I'm thinking about my brothers who I put in the ground who can't feel this pain. That is a deep rooted why I'm going to keep going because they can't. So nothing hard about real estate investing. It can be challenging. It can be, it can be mentally, you know, emotionally consuming, but go do hard things, be fearful and push through that fear. Yeah. And you'll come out on the other side, a, a new person every single time. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more, man. Um, I got a, a, another, we're going to go a different direction. What's yeah. a mistake that you've made? How have you learned from it? How can you teach our, uh, our audience about it? Uh, I think at the beginning, uh, letting go, I, I think a lot of people transitioning from single family to multifamily specifically will encounter this too, I would imagine, is letting go a little bit of control and <laughs> yeah. lear learning, learning, um, to trust the process, trust people that you've built relationships with, not just trust anyone, but just to be able to build relationships and learn that part of, you know, growing your network and growing your net worth and growing your, your skill set is working with other people and uh, allowing, so allowing people in earlier, I think would have been, um, would have been more helpful. Nice. Nice. Eric, it's, uh, you know, Q1 2023. Um, what's the outlook? What, what are you looking forward to, uh, moving forward here? I've got a ton of travel with my family ahead. That's we awesome. usually, uh, travel, uh, at least a couple months out of the year. Um, and so I'm just on the personal side, staying healthy. We're doing uh rim to rim to rim at the grand Canyon in May, oh, cool. uh, raising, probably going to raise another $50,000 for veterans community project. Um, and, uh, then on the business side, I've got five deals under contract right now, about 3,100 units. And, um, one of them's a whopper. That's, that's why it's a big portfolio. Um, but yeah, just kind of, kind of looking for great deals, 
not settling for less. I don't think right now is the right time to, to settle for less than an awesome deal because, uh, you know, real estate investors listening here are going to start seeing some fantastic things happen and, uh, some bad things too, depending on how you're looking at it, but some, but some fantastic things, some fantastic opportunities opportunities. to help clean up some messes. Let's put it that way, uh, in the next 18 months or so. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out and building some great, um, teams and partnerships around those opportunities. What are you doing to make sure you're not one of those people in those messes? Longest term debt I can get right now. I mean, yeah. debt's a complete nightmare. We're closing closing deals that are cash flowing well at 9.4%. And um, if, there's always a risk, if we can refinance in three years, less than that, we're going to be doing even better. But if we can't, we're still cash flowing at nine, you know, at the interest rates that we're buying at right now. So, you know, uh, people looking at that and saying, oh, interest rates are crazy right now. Yeah, well, you have to be patient and buy the right deal that's going to cash flow and that you're going to be able to pay your investors. Investors are obviously always first top of your mind. How yeah. fast can I pay them back their capital? How fast can I, you know, meet their needs? And um, and that's the main concern. So, you know, just just being a little bit more cautious. I'm not somebody who's like hoarding cash right now. I'm, I'm still investing in my own deals. I'm investing in other people's deals and I'm just keeping things moving at a, at a pretty good, pretty good pace. I think. Awesome. Love it. Um, okay. A couple last questions before we yeah. wrap. Um, favorite book. Can't hurt me. David Goggins. Ooh. Love that book. Military, military guy. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, inspiring. I, I didn't read it. I listened to it and I like cool. Yeah. That, it that's even better. Yeah. Tells, listening to it. Cause you get his stories. Yeah. You get kind of his, his vibe from it too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His, his, his energy goes into the yeah. audible book. So I it's, it. and when he's dropping those F bombs, it's like more impactful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you're, if you're a little shy about the, uh, the swear words, it might not be, yeah, yeah. It might not be the best book for you. But you got to know the genre you're getting into. You got to know what you're reading. Uh, all right. So last question before we wrap, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Well, I'm going to add a fourth in there, but I'm going to say, um, learn all you can. Uh, podcasts, books, you know, um, it, it, online education, whatever you can just learn, go to meetups, you know? Um, so learn all you can, um, network your ass off, uh, get out there and go to not only local meetups, but national conferences, um, wherever you can, you have to be known. And I, I tell people this all the time, like I will talk to, if you're standing still long enough, I will tell you about what I do, but I'll lead by adding value to you. You need to learn that skill get out there and network your butt off. Uh, third one is, um, add value. Um, people will tell you their problems. Try to find that solution. doesn't matter if you think like, Oh, I don't know what value I would add. You're a human being with a great head on your shoulders and you can think for yourself. Listen, if you listen to people, they will tell you, I'm telling you right now, they will tell you their problems, yep. whether it's, Oh, I need an umbrella cause it's raining today or whatever. I don't care go add value to the people around you and amazing things will help, uh, will start to happen. Um, and then the, the last one is to take action. If you don't take action, none of you're not going to get any results. So learn network, add value, take action. Those are my four pillars. I would say if you do those four things, uh, with the just absolute consistency, um, with the intention to be 1% better daily then success will hunt you down. 
love that. Love that. Success will hunt you down. I, I love, I love that mindset there. Um, and it, that's really what it's about. You know, you, you just set your intentions. You do, a, it's not about doing everything. It's not about being the best at every single thing, but it's about showing up the best that you can for everything that you're going to be doing. So Eric, uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on? Yeah. If you're in the military, you can reach out, um, Eric at active duty, passive income.com. Um, you can reach out to me, Eric at ericupchurch.com. If you're not, um, and you check out our websites, uh, if you're military, we've got a whole bunch of free downloads, including our number one best-selling book called military house hacking. You do not have to buy it on Amazon. You can go get the PDF for free. Um, which is just a fantastic book with a ton of information. We've actually rewritten the second edition. So both of them are uh, best-selling books and free resource for you. Love it. Eric, man, this is, this has been awesome. I, I appreciate your energy, your excitement, your passion to help other people, active duty, passive income. You know, you guys are, you guys are helping, uh, you know, you said 70,000 people is, is part of the, but you I mean, you're helping hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and you're going to continue to do that, you know, as this, as this grows and just moves and man, I, you've got, a lot of stuff going on that's really helping a lot of people out and people that have dedicated their lives to this country. And, and so it's just such a cool uh, thing that you've got going on. And I, I really commend you for what you've done, what you've built and created and, and just, just the, the, the service you're, you're giving to others. So applaud you for that and uh, appreciate you adding a ton of value on our show as well. So man, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks a lot, Todd. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.